On today's episode, we talk COVID chaos, give our gut calls and bold predictions for the week, and give our million-dollar lineup. And we also explain why Mitchell Trubisky is like Rafael Nadal. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Yes. Is this a real fun fact, or are you going to hit us with a football one again? I'm going to fake. I'm, it's a fake fun fact. You know, <laughs> remember like last episode when Craig was shitting on people for drinking coffee and said it's for the mentally weak? Yes. Craig is drinking coffee right now. Craig is, no, it, Craig is literally drinking coffee as we speak. It's decaf I, coffee. You're drinking coffee, though. That's completely different. Decaf you said it was for the different. mentally unmotivated, like yeah, 48 hours is, ago. You moron! Not the beans. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the caffeine. I'm just shocked. You're just sipping coffee. I just I can't even get over this. I like the taste uh, on a cold winter morning. How do you feel about being the Skip Bayless of of coffee takes? I'll take it. Can I be the Stephen A. Smith? How cold is it where you are? Because you said cold winter morning in Southern California. In Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> It's probably like in the 50s right now, but um, it's chilly in the house I'm in. My feet are cold, you know? Okay, well, this is an absolutely brutal take. Sorry. That's and we also had to watch an absolutely brutal game this week. This week was just ravaged by coronavirus. I mean, week 12 was a disaster, and it was capped by week like Wednesday afternoon football in the middle of the workday where, I don't know about you guys, I had three people in my life text me and completely forgetting the game was on. After mm-hmm. it was over, they were like, wait, I missed Steelers Ravens. <laughs> so I just, how did you guys think that this game went? Because obviously this was so annoying from a fantasy perspective. We have more coming down the docket because now there's Tuesday after Tuesday night football. There's two Monday Ugh. night games. All that's really annoying. But just what did you th- I thought it was a really ugly game. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was I think there was like four turnovers within like a two First minute, eight minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It was like back and forth. It was. It looked. It looked like the teams hadn't practiced all week, which I think was exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was an ugly game. Backup quarterback for the Ravens. He kept getting mildly hurt. RG three. It looked like he tore his hamstring on one play, and he came back in the next <laughs> series, and then he like tweaked his ankle later. Did you see what they wrapped RG 3s hamstring at the end of the it game? Did. They it put so, like a like medieval, like the whole world around his hamstring. I, they must have given him the Will Fuller treatment at halftime to keep him in because <laughs> he definitely tore his hamstring. It looked like he could have quarter. fit like a doctor or a masseuse in the wrap that they put on his leg. <laughs> like there was a little tiny masseuse. Just I don't know. It was really weird. How did you feel about having the game on at? Well, in our case, we're on the West Coast. It was twelve thirty in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Heifetz, you were a little. You're on the East Coast, right? You're so it's a little it's, bit different. But I don't know. It was it bizarre, was I was nice. working, and I was like, "Do I have to stop working to watch this football game?" No, <laughs> it for sucked. What? what come on, I don't know what to do? I hated it. I had to like. You know what's lucky is I don't know how you got. How do you guys watch? If you can't watch like an NBC game on TV, how do you watch it? Like a Monday night football game. If you're not around a TV with cable, how do you watch it? I mean, I haven't not been around a Sunday night football. I mean, it's literally my job. I haven't not been around one in a while. But so you can hard stream now. it on the no, you can stream it on the NBC Sports website for like free. For like they, they give you a pretty generous window, and if you know you can sign in, or there are, you know there are certain you know incognito uh, window methods to kind of get around the the ten minute yeah, timer they give you. I was going to say I'm not going to I'm not going to publicly announce how I watch games. <laughs> 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 so how, what, how dare you ask 
Craig, in the year of 2020, how dare you ask how anyone watches anything live that you're supposed <laughs> to pay for? What's wrong with you? I play the fifth. Yeah, but in terms of fantasy football, I mean, this was just annoying, but just going through a couple things for this week, there are just players that came off the list. There was just people going on and off. So just to recap, Adam Thielen came off the list this week. Jonathan Taylor came off the, li the list this week. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins were eligible to come off the list before the Ravens-Steelers game, but they were not activated. Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers was activated off the list. And probably most importantly, Lamar Jackson, who tested positive on Thanksgiving, could become eligible to come off the list in time for this Cowboys game on Tuesday. But we have no yeah, idea because ridiculous. obviously we don't know how he's doing. So this is just chaos. And then not only is it hard to figure out who's going to play, who's not, what's going on. The schedule's all screwed up because when you have like a start-sit decision that hinges on the one o'clock, so at least you can look at the game time decisions and make a choice. But when one of your game time decisions is like a Monday game, that's always Ugh. annoying. Now you've got a Tuesday game time decision with Lamar Jackson. You're not going to know the deal. There's two Monday games. And also waivers are screwed up because I don't know yep. about you guys. I had leagues where on certain apps, they automatically extended the deadline for waivers. Other ones, there was a whole argument in the group chat about like, oh, when should the pickups be? Because there are people picking up people for a whole new week before the Steelers-Ravens game ended the previous week. Now, stuff like that's going to happen again. Like, did you guys have any experiences with that or just general, uh, you know, things you want to share yeah. after waiting through the chaos? A few of my dynasty leagues had the waivers run a couple hours after the game on Wednesday. So that was different than Yahoo and ESPN, who I believe are still set up for Friday. So, yeah, it was just, it's just, it's like perfect for this whole season. It's a perfect microcosm it's because you have to keep track of like 200% more things this year than normal. <laughs> it's like, so it's true. just, I mean, uh, waivers in general, like if you, especially for me and people like me who play in a lot of leagues, I know Craig is like two, two leagues is my maximum. I play in legitimately 12 leagues right now, I believe. Which I don't understand how you Just him being like leagues. a few of my dynasty leagues. I imagine <laughs> DK just has this massive library and it's just filled with yeah. all the information. You have of like all a portfolio. Teams. You're closer to like having like a stock index. It's truly just... a full. Do you have an assistant who helps you? Like, <laughs> I wish. I was actually thinking about this last night. I'm like, there should be some sort of. I'm, there probably is an app that like aggregates all your teams and like tells you who, like who you need to add and stuff on every league. Shout out but. E Trade sponsor. E Trade should get into fantasy management. I had an idea when I was in like college because I I loved fantasy football in college. I wanted to start like a, a small company where I helped like really rich people manage their fantasy teams, and I would like get ten percent. <laughs> oh, like the, the Avengers fantasy, League, the where fantasy all the actors from the Avengers. Yeah, all the actors from the Avengers are like in that league together. It's like all the stars. Because like these big time CEOs or managers at these big companies, like they probably have to be in like office fantasy leagues. They probably don't pay attention. They're too busy. So I could just manage it for them. Yeah, it's like Chris Hemsworth is not managing his own team. He's from freaking Australia. He doesn't know football yeah. works. You'd be like <laughs> Who's managing his team. Rusty from Ocean's Eleven and when he's like teaching all these movie stars how to play poker. You're like, yeah, exactly. God damn it, dude. You have to no, you have to start a whatever, like in a flex spot. You can't no, you can't start that. That's guy a quarterback, there. Robert. You can't put him in the flex spot. And then he's God like, Well, it's Taysom it. Hill. And I'm like, oh my god, that's a whole other thing. It's hard yeah. to explain. Okay, so the Tuesday thing. Is there anything people should just be wary of for this week? Or just, as you said, DK, it's kind of this weird thing where it's just more effort to be following yeah. and keeping up with everything. Is there anything people should be watching out for specifically or just like, you know, we all die in the end and eat Arby's? <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, just remember that nihilism, like just my, my nihilism mottos is basically like we're all gonna turn to dust so like really right. what, what matters so will your no actually but too. like legitimately no it's just the same deal as last week make sure if your league has replacements for guys that are playing on the mondays or tuesday games um that you have them ready to go because like we saw you know like this game could get moved again if if we have more teams have like an outbreak yeah. this week so uh, it's just one note i would have for people is as you move into playoffs and this is what my league is doing. If you haven't already set up the backup system where you designate somebody just in case a game gets canceled or moved, that you will use a new player and count their points. Set that up just for the playoffs. It's easier for the commissioner anyway. There should be half the people, half the teams are playing. Just get that going. Just designate a backup just in case. And right. also on that note, make some non-obvious moves. So for example, like if the player's playing in your on Tuesday game, put them in your flex no matter what. Like you want the players to mm -hmm. lock and order flexibility. So if you have Ezekiel Elliott, who honestly you could bench this week, maybe if that's kind of crazy, but he's still Zeke Elliott, so you're not going to, you're going to play him. But put him in your <laughs> flex because at the end of the game, that game's on Tuesday and you have no idea what's going to happen with the Ravens anymore. Right. 
you know, in theory, it's going to happen. We have no idea. And at the end of the day, you do want to be able to flex out Zeke Elliott for a receiver if that's your best option. So, well, yeah, but how would you do that? If, I mean, I, I guess if the game got canceled on Sunday, well, no. So I'm saying if a sense. game gets canceled on Monday and there's two right. Monday night football games, so Monday afternoon they're like, hey, the Tuesday game tomorrow is not happening. You have Zeke in your flex. Now you have receivers or running backs and maybe tight ends, depending on your lineup, from Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, San Francisco. That right. maybe you could pick up someone in desperation, which again is it crazy we're talking about these kind of scenarios? Yeah. But like that's kind of how every league I'm in has been going this year. It's those little decisions people are really making where it's like, oh no, do I have Gus Edwards? What am I doing? And then he ended up scoring a touchdown on Wednesday. So question for you guys. Which do you think will have a larger asterisk next to the championship this year? The real Super Bowl or fantasy championships? Like, which <laughs> is more question. fraudulent? If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and you're like, well, it's the COVID season, or if like Danny Kelly wins his high school league and everyone's like, well, half my team had COVID in week 16. What do you think is more fraudulent? <laughs> I think fantasy football because... Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think fantasy yeah. football because, I mean, I try to delegitimize when other people win all the time anyway. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, they're just finding fantasy points in gutters and dead people are scoring fantasy points and stuff. And you know what I mean? I'm like, we should really right. look into this. Like, I only want to count the legal, you know, that's Last year, I, I called for a recount. I made the commissioner of my other like recount every point for the entire <laughs> Yeah, season. they're just finding fantasy points in Michigan. Turns out all the points are correct, but... Go back and make sure that you didn't have any like stat corrections that didn't get applied to <laughs> yeah, your Exactly, filing for right. stat corrections. So like, and it, I feel like everyone always tries to like, oh yeah, the year didn't even count when your friend wins. And then this year, it's like, well, actually people feel that way. Whereas yeah. football, they're like, oh, well, you know, we all tried very hard. Also, I think that if the super, if the playoffs go smoothly, no one will care. Everyone will be really excited that there was a Super Bowl. As long as, like, there isn't, like, gross competitive amounts in the playoffs, no one's going to remember the Kendall Hinton thing. We're going to, like, we're going to forget that so soon if the Super Bowl is good. Ooh. But, exactly. But if fantasy football, no matter what happens, people are going to be like, yeah, that year didn't count. Didn't count. Next year, I'm going to make a fantasy football bubble. Me and my friends are just going to have 12 of us in a house for the entire year. <laughs> Hope that works. That's a good reality TV show right It there. is, actually. You know, yeah. the Princeton football players are doing that. They're like 20 seniors at Princeton who just, like, we were going to finish their senior year. So they just, instead of taking classes, they all suspended their senior year as students and are just living and, like, working in jobs and not taking classes are going to resume next year as students. So, so they're just, like, doing football. construction jobs to stay in shape? <laughs> yeah, basically. Shouts out Princeton football, Kyle Brandt. It's making cookies together. Okay. Got calls? Got got bold? Let's yeah. All right. Let's get into week 13. And off the I just want to shout out one more random COVID-related thing. I can't get over this. The Niners are playing. They're hosting the Bills as a home game, but they're in Arizona, which is San Francisco's division rival. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to weird. mention that, which is the craziest thing. So it's a Monday night game. The, this is the Bills returning to the site where they had the Hail Murray. Like the Bills lost the Hail Murray oh, game no. <laughs> in Arizona and now have to go back to play the 49ers. And the 49ers just moved there. It, that's a, it's a whole. I'm telling thing. you, Arizona Stadium is cursed, especially like for, from a no, Seahawks The Giants pointed. won the Super Bowl there over the undefeated Patriots. It's the greatest place in the world. That's where, that's where <laughs> my Seahawks lost it on the worst play in Super Bowl history. And they also, there was also a game in, in Arizona where they like, they lost Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman, like, for oh, the season. Oh, yeah. That was where the Legion of Boom ended on that Thursday. Yeah, literally. Game. I hate that field. I don't ever want any any team to have to play there ever again. So I, I definitely nice feel the field. Bills it comes pain. in and out of the stadium and it slides out and it's like, yeah, it's look gorgeous. At the grass. But yeah. Okay. Gut, gut, bold. DK, what's your, gut, it's your first gut call of the week? So I've been thinking a lot this week about Alan Robinson's terrible uh, body language, and I just think it's <laughs> hilarious. And so I'm going with Alan Robinson top seven finish. And actually, this I saw this on Fantasy Points from Graham Barfield, and it was a great stat. Mitchell Trubisky has targeted Alan Robinson 38 times this year, uh, and that's a 29% target share, and that's quite a bit more than uh, what he has been getting with Foles. He's averaging 18.6 PPR points with Trubisky, which. If that would carry out through the whole season, it would have made him the wide receiver five on the year. Mitch Trubisky knows where his biscuit gets buttered. Nice. Yeah, and so basically with Trubisky starting again this season, I'm I'm 90% sure that's the case. I believe I saw that Nagy said that Trubisky was going to start. I just like that connection, even though the Bears offense is pretty terrible and Trubisky is pretty terrible in general. Um, but I I think is, there is one thing you can kind of rely on is that Trubisky's just going to throw the ball to Allen Robinson like... 14 times. So death taxes and Allen Robinson moping around <laughs> until he gets balls in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the other thing, there's a few other things I like about this that make it sort of like a, a definite a gut thing. Allen Robinson is sick to death of playing in Chicago. 
Yeah. We've talked about how contract year players outperform, you know, like what they normally would do. This is contract month for Allen Robinson. He's sick of it. He wants contract out. month. I love that. Yeah. Contract <laughs> month. The personal playoffs. Holy crap. Contract <laughs> month is good. Forget contract year. I love this. If there is a time that any person is going to dig deep, it's when they're in their final month of oh their last year on a like a lame duck team and he just wants to like you know squeeze every dollar out of it as he can on the free agent market. So anyways, that's pretty dumb. But also the Lions are top 10s and top 10 in points allowed to opposing receivers. The other and the other fact that I like here is Daryl Bevel who is the new Lions interim head coach talked this week about speeding up their offense which could mean the game instead of running at like a glacial pace could have a few more possessions, more plays, more points in in, in theory. So well, you're burying the lead here. The Lions fired Matt Patricia, so are you worried their defense will immediately get better because he's gone? That's a slight worry, but I, I don't. I honestly like the floor is the floor with the the Bears offense or Bears offense. It's like we've seen it. It's I don't know if it could get much worse to be honest. And so I think that Allen Robinson's going to get the volume. I'm saying top seven finish and half PPR. Love you it. say the floor is the floor. It reminds me, Mitchell Trubisky is obviously a UNC legend, and it reminds me of another words of another UNC legend, which is Michael Jordan saying the ceiling is the roof. And that's how Allen Robinson's ceiling is the roof. Okay. <laughs> Craig, what's your gut call of the week? Denzel Mims, best game of the season for him. <laughs> Love it. Can I blow your mind? I thought of the same thing, and I was like, no, I'm a coward. Craig is Mims' biggest fan. You had Mims? I thought about it. I was like, I'm not doing it. Hi, Fitz, this is the same thing as you. You're essentially drinking a cup of decaf coffee right now. If you I am. I Mims. am. I'm a hypocrite, too. I'm a hypocrite. If you admit it, if you admit you're a hypocrite about the coffee, I'll admit I'm being a hypocrite about Mims. No, because you're actually being a hypocrite. I'm not. <laughs> I, just I like Mims. Around. Obviously, I love Mims. Everybody knows I love Mims. Uh, he pretty much puts up just 8.5 points a game, every single game. That's what he does. He has like eight targets, four catches, like 60 yards just every game. I think he's going to be better than that. This is his second game back with Darnold. Maybe a little more chemistry, maybe a little more practice. They're playing the Raiders, who have been kind of getting shredded over the second half of the season. They've allowed the fifth most passing yards to wide receivers over the past four weeks. Mims is fourth in the NFL in air yards over the last three weeks. They're slinging it to him. Yeah, that's that's what I saw. That James and Crowder's me. targets have gone way down. Um Hi, Fitz, what did you see? The target numbers? I, the, the amount of air yards he's had over the last month is what convinced <laughs> me about because yeah, yeah. the, the Raiders defense, I'm not very convinced. He's in. also, he's he looks good. I honestly think he looks like off-brand Allen Robinson. Dude, he oh. is good. I actually, and so like I'm kind of biased, I think, because I really liked him coming out and I wanted him to do well. And then it was a bummer to see him go to the Jets. But just watching like Jets beat reporters who... At this point in the season, man, it's hilarious to read what beat report the Jets beat reporters are saying. Like this has been a slog. They're zero and eleven. There's not a lot of positivity coming out of these beat reporters. You know what I mean? And so to see them, I saw. I can't remember who I saw, but a couple of them were just like raving about Mims. He's going to be great, and I totally believe it. Like once they get a good, you know, hopefully they'll get a good coach in there. Hopefully they'll get Lawrence. Mims could just legit go off next year. I think he's really good. I think I'd rather be the Jets than the Jags. I think if I could inherit the team, I'd rather have the Jets. Yeah, no shit. One's in New York City and one's in Jacksonville, Florida. No, I'm saying the roster. I'd rather have the Jets roster. Oh, the Jets roster. I was like, you're going to own a team. I was like, yeah. The Jets roster? Oh, I don't know. You can, uh, I like the Jags. I like Chark. You got Chark, Ch uh, Chanel. Yeah. You got yeah. James Robinson. I don't know. There's some pretty Do good. The Jets have two good in, defensive in players, but but the Jets are gonna get the Jets are gonna get Trevor Lawrence. They got Mims. I don't know. I'm in. I Mind like you, it. if they win this game, then they're not suddenly coach. just magically getting Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars are very much in the conversation for Trevor Lawrence. The Jets could totally. Every Jets fan knows they could win two games just to screw up the Trevor Lawrence thing. Well, that's why I think they are trying to move back to have Adam Gase call plays because they want to lose. Yeah. Also, yeah. DK, can you speak to like, it, it, I don't want to just ignore that while we're talking about Trevor Lawrence is automatically fixing everyone. I know he's a great prospect, but we're also on the side, also trashing Carson Wentz, number two pick, Jared Goff, who sucks, number one pick. Trubisky. Trubisky, former number, well, no one thought he was Baker. good. Baker. Jameis Winston and Mariota, who both went one, okay. two, were just out. All right, cool. But like, what are you, are you telling us that it's, it's predicting quarterbacks is difficult? Obviously, yes. I'm saying but Trevor like, Lawrence <laughs> is not just magic going to make the Jets better. That's all I'm saying. I actually don't think it's magic. I think no matter what, he will make the Jets better, probably. It's just <laughs> like guys, by default. That's probably true, too. Not better enough. Okay. Uh, oh, I guess I got to do a gut call now. Uh, I am very proud. I said Duke Johnson would 
be a good player on Thanksgiving. I don't remember my exact metric. He hit it. I'm rolling the dice again. I, I'm trying to restore trust in Duke Johnson again. Duke Johnson has been the most <laughs> tantalizing fantasy player for a few years. All right, not the most, but he's been tantalizing. I think he can kind of be trusted now for a receiving role. I think now that Will Fuller's out, it's not like he's doing the Will Fuller role. Like, obviously, Will Fuller was the deep stretch. But I do think the Texans offense will get kind of worse, which actually leads to more checkdowns, ironically. I think Duke Johnson's going to catch a lot of passes. He's been on the field more than three out of every four plays, which is a lot for a running back. There's only like all the good running backs are the only ones who get way more than him. Like we're talking about the not even Kamara has ever really been consistent in the field three out of four plays. So I love that he's just always getting the ball. And I even if they're not getting a lot of running offense, if you're in a PPR league, I think Duke Johnson is really high floor the rest of the season. So I like Duke Johnson as the top 20 running back again. I think you can play him in a flex because you probably have him for a price where he doesn't have to be one of your top two guys. But I think you can flex him. Procise get a vulture TD or two in this next game again. How do you feel about the, the Texans designated David Johnson to return from IR? He could play this week. Do you not care? I don't think he's going to play this week. We'll see. I mean, obviously it affects things if he plays this week. I don't right. think he's returning right. for this week. But okay. at the end of the day, I don't think David Johnson's receiving is going to have the same thing. We'll reevaluate if David Johnson, uh, when he returns, but I don't think he's coming back for, for this weekend. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. DK, gut. So Miles Sanders, since he's come back to the Eagles lineup, has been pretty worthless. He had 7.6 half PBR points in week 11, 5.2 last week, and his snap count has gone gradually gone down a little bit playing for the Eagles. And people are pissed. So I'm going with the angry Philly mob narrative that they're going to play, they're going to feed Sanders this week. It's kind of like the squeaky wheel narrative, but also maybe just like based in fear of the Philly mob. Um, I think Sanders is going to have his get like get right game this week against the Packers, who have been very bad against opposing running backs. I want to read off the Packers' last five opponents in terms of like their starting running back, their number one running back. Last week, David Montgomery scored twenty two point eight. The week before that, Jonathan Taylor thirteen point four points. He had ninety yards on the ground. The week before that, James Robinson had one hundred nine yards on twelve carries. The week before that, Jarek McKinnon had 14 points. And then the week before that, Dalvin Cook had his three-touchdown game where he had 38 points. So the the Packers, who are their opponent this week, have really, really struggled uh, to defend the run. And, and with the way that, you know, Wentz has struggled and the way that, you know, they just haven't really been able to get anybody going in that offense, I think this is the Sanders game this week. So what's the benchmark here? Even though they're bad. Um, my benchmark is 12 plus half PPR, which is not, it's not, obviously that's not like a ton, but we well, well, I was going to say, what's his projection <laughs> on, on Yahoo here? Oh, I don't know. I never really look at projections to be honest. I mean, same, like, look, totally he, he's, he's had less than eight points the last two weeks each. His projection is 14.02. All right. Why don't we say 14 plus? <laughs> He's gonna hit the over. Is plus He's gonna hit the over. How about that? Will, okay, 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 yeah, I like the over. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Miles Sanders smashes that over. <laughs> Smash the over. Fourteen. Okay. Write down fourteen point oh two. If he hits fourteen point oh one, it just does not. That count. would be hilarious. Oh my god. Now I'm now I'm saying to root for this week. Jeez. All right, Craig. What's your call of the week? Fourteen point oh two. Oh I God. think uh, I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire will kind of come back into the. I think we'll all feel better about Clyde after this week. I think that it's been yeah, a. Yeah, I like this. Everyone's been pretty. I mean, ever since Le'Veon Bell came around, his carries have gone way down. It's not like his playing time necessarily has, but I, I think it's been more of the fact that the the Chiefs have been passing way more. Not that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is like not as good in their minds, or like Le'Veon Bell is really really stealing stuff from him. The 
Chiefs have really cranked it up passing. I mean, mm-hmm. last week they played the Bucks, who actually have been quite vulnerable against the pass and have been fantastic against the run. So that's why I think Clyde only got whatever he got, eight carries. Yeah, on the season, the Bucs are the eighth easiest team against wide receivers. In the last five weeks, they're the number one easiest first wide receivers. So it's like, I'm sure the Tyree Kill wow. game kind of skews that. Wait, wait, what do you mean they're easiest for wide receivers? Giving up the they're most like, They've given up the most points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks? Five, over the last five. Isn't five that kind of crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, they could because their defense had been so solid. Their secondary is so solid, but it's kind of. I wonder if you remove Tyree Kill from that, if they would just drop to average. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure, but on the season they're eighth, so it's like it's there. And like last week, Clyde played sixty percent of the snaps. Lev played thirty-two. They're playing Denver this week. Last time they played Denver, uh, Clyde had a good game. I think the thing with the Chiefs' offense to remember is that like they're like a basketball team in that sometimes they're like they're playing at such a high level that. Sometimes the person who made the play isn't always getting the the bucket. Like sometimes right. like Clay Thompson in the corner is making a three. And sometimes he's just standing there. And like the fact that Clay was standing there opened up a layup for like David right. West. I know he hasn't been on the team for a few years. But the Chiefs are similar in that way in that sometimes Clyde is going to get I think eventually he will have the three touchdown blow up game because Travis Kelsey gets tackled at the five. You can't bench him or whatever. He's gonna have big games. I think this is a really good call. And yeah, and like I think I do think at the end of the day, Kansas City wants to stay balanced. I think they know what Le'Veon is. I think they want to continue to test Clyde, give him the ball. They want him to be reliable in the playoffs. Also, Denver has been sneakily pretty good against wide receivers and quarterbacks, and terrible against running backs. Uh, they've given up the second most points to running backs in the second half of the season this year. Like I think this will be the Clyde game. I like, I that. like that a lot. I'm doing 75 yards and a touchdown, by the way. I like that. I got one that's related to that game. So why don't I just go? Oh yeah, go for it. You're bold. This is my bold, and I don't know. It's not that bold, I guess, but I'm, I'm 14. claiming... 14.02 points for, for Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Drew Locke, top 12 week, Ooh. a.k.a. a.k.a. Wow. the garbage time king reigns. Wow. The garbage time king is going to... He's going to take back his throne after being, being removed briefly and having to go on the run and live as an outlaw in the countryside for a week <laughs> because he got tested or it was too close to somebody who tested positive for COVID. Anyway, uh, Drew Locke coming back. And again, this is not, I'm not trying to tell you that the Broncos are going to like win this game or even necessarily play well. But as we've seen in the past, Drew Locke has actually played pretty well, like in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter um, in garbage time, bring them back, make it a game. Drew Locke a couple of weeks ago, scored 20 against the chargers in week eight week. He had 30 plus in week nine, um, a lot of garbage time in both those games. And then, QBs against uh, Kansas City over the last few weeks have actually done pretty well. Last week, Brady, who is no- notably better than Drew Locke, but still kind of like he's 43 <laughs> years Brady old. You know, there's a lot, better than Drew. There's a lot of question say. marks about his arm, all that stuff. I'm not saying they're the same guy, but he had 23 points. He was the QB5 on the week. The week before that, Derek Carr was the QB7 against the Chiefs. I basically just think the Broncos are going to kind of like come back offensively this week after having to... <laughs> weather the storm and, and start this practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. So to be clear, you th- you're, are you thinking the Chiefs go up by so much he'll clean up in garbage time? Yes. Or that it's going to be competitive? Because I like the garbage time thing because I kind of, my general vibe, my gut call for this game is that everyone will remember, oh yeah, it didn't matter if the Broncos had quarterbacks or not. Like all their quarterbacks <laughs> suck because it's true. And people, like the whole yeah. Kendall Hinton thing was a distraction. If Drew Locke played, the Saints was still going to cream the Broncos. Like it didn't really <laughs> matter. And I feel like this game is kind of just going to remind everyone of that. Like they all are bad. So, but if you're saying they're going to clean up in garbage time, I can see that It's going to be similar, I guess, to like last week's game against the Buccaneers where the Chiefs were in control of that game the whole time. Yeah, the whole, yeah, but the Buccaneers kind of came back and, and, you know, got some garbage time points, got some garbage time touchdowns. And, um, or I say the Saints are the Bucks. Anyways, the Bucks came back, and I think I, that's what I think will happen. It's like the Broncos will probably fall behind early, and then you know it'll look like the score is a little bit closer by the end of the game. I like that. So now we're going to high fits here for a gut. So I am a sucker. I'm like Craig when he plugged Jonathan Taylor. I'm just going back to the well. I know we burned him. I just like Jarvis Uh-oh. Landry, man. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I just like like self pain. <laughs> I kind of regret is, putting him in the book. Honestly. I know. Well, this is also the opposite of what we're supposed to do, which is you're not supposed right. to just like see someone have a huge game and be like, oh yeah, that'll keep happening. That's not. You're supposed to find the next. It's why he's in the book? Game. It's why he's in the book. You're falling it's why for he's it. in the book. Here's the thing that I look back on. Odell Beckham went out for the season, and we and I really liked 
Jarvis Landry to pick up the role in the Browns offense. And we had hesitations and reservations about Baker Mayfield sucking. But still, Jarvis clearly the best person left in the passing offense. And then there were three, and then he did nothing when three consecutive Sundays, the Browns had like ridiculously weird weather on game day. Like ah. not during the rest of the week, just on Sundays they had weird So you're weird saying hail. Jarvis has only had one real game without Odell Beckham and it's <laughs> he, when he exploded. Kind of, yeah. Like, Interesting. Like it, the first game where there was not sideways rain and wind or hail or like the broadcast was then obscured because there was so much rain. The first time that happened, Jarvis went off. So I'm not as willing to just say that won't happen again as we usually are when some middling person is a huge week. I'm kind of wondering if actually you should keep playing Jarvis Landry, especially if you have him in your flex. Hopefully you have, he's not one of your top two options because that would mean you probably haven't been doing so well the first half of the season. But I think he's a good play. And the Titans suck too. They, well, not the Titans, but the Titans defense is not very good. No offense <laughs> to Mike Vrabel, but I don't think they're going to be able to defend him very well. And he just, he has such a high floor of targets. I'm just more open-minded to, I think it's going to kind of keep going well from the rest of the season. So I like Jarvis. I like this too, but I'm going to, I'm going to read off his points totals this season and real quickly. Week 11, 3.6, week 10, 4.4, week eight, Ooh. seven, e. week seven, 8.4, week six, 5.5. Ah. <laughs> oh. I, it's, I understand that this is a terrible idea, but I, I, I just, I do think it's important. I like to where like, you're coming from here. The, it, weren't one of you trying to tell me that you knew someone in Cleveland who was explaining that the weather had been perfectly fine, except those three Sundays in a row. That was not me. Oh, was neither of you. oh, it was a completely different conversation. Okay, well, it wasn't one of you. <laughs> but the point is, I'm just saying, maybe. Crazy weather events. I, I don't like know. it. I do. I, right. I'm into it. Bold. That's my bold prediction, too. Is Jarvis Landry can control the weather. Wait, what is your benchmark here for Jarvis? Oh, I think he's, I think he's a top 20 receiver. Again. All right, so I'm up here with a bold? Bold. Bold it yes, up. Yes, sir. So I think the, the Detroit-Chicago game will be a high-scoring affair. I like the over at 44 and a half points. And I think Mitch Trubisky and Matt Stafford are going to be top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> top 10. This is, this is spicy. Mitch this is Trubisky also like a parlay. Is a top ten. This is let, me, let me tell you something about Mitchie Bisky against the Detroit Lions. The last oh. four times Mitch Trubisky has played the Detroit Lions, he's thrown three touchdowns in every single game and he's only had one interception. Oh, I forgot about this. Wait, aren't like most of his career Holy wins shit. against the Lions? Yes. He's had 12 touchdowns and one pick in his last four games against the Lions. He's already played them this year, week one, in which he threw three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Also, the Lions, very unimposing defense. I, I like his rushing ability. Even if they get killed, it's going to be garbage time. Like, I kind of think either way, Mitch Trubisky can put up a good game. And with Stafford against Chicago this year, he put up 300 and a touchdown in week one. I love that Patricia's out. It looks like Galladay and Swift have a chance to come back. Uh, the Bears have been a little bit more vulnerable than we thought. They just got shredded by the Packers. They give up the number one most points to tight ends, which is why I like Hawkinson. Um, yeah, I love that Patricia's gone. I love the Raheem Morris Falcons thing. I think it's going to happen with the Lions. Um, I just think this game is going to be more high scoring than Vegas thinks. I love this so much. I like that Trubisky is Trubisky is basically like Rafael Nadal on clay or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just just against just against the Lions. <laughs> Dude, I just looked this up because I, I this is such a good call. Because here's the thing: Mitchell Trubisky has 57 passing touchdowns in his career, and 14 are against the Lions. Yeah, I love it. So a quarter of his passing touchdowns are against Detroit, who they play twice a year. The only thing here is that Patricia's gone, and maybe everyone else in the Lions is like, just fix it. But I still love this. Rafael I like this. The only clay. thing I'm worried about is, and it's Thursday afternoon. So we don't know exactly how it's going to go, but both Galladay and Swift were not at practice today. I know. So it's it's looking a little iffy that they'll play. Are you still confident if they don't play? I mean, honestly, kind of. Yeah, I think one of the two will hopefully play, and that'll be enough. I hope it's Galladay. I was going to have a, a Swift bounce back gut call, but then I saw that he was like maybe not going to clear concussion protocol, which sucks. So these the the ones the the concussions, I guess that kind of happen late like where you get late developing symptoms those tend to last quite a few weeks so yeah it is weird how some people get concussions and they're back the next week and then you get like david johnson who misses like three four weeks yeah it's just well i think it's weird to... because the word concussion has been you said so much it's meaningless a concussion's a brain injury right brain and bruise, for all that right? we know about modern science we don't really understand the brain 
really mm-hmm. well yet. You know, so honestly, we should probably stop using the word concussion and just say he has a brain injury. And maybe it would. Be I don't a understand more- your brain, Hyphit specifically. I'd like to study it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the other thing that I like about this, Craig, is the Bevel narrative. Yeah. So Bevel, and I, I, I mentioned this. He, he's talking about speeding up the offense, but Bevel, I think, wants to be a head coach. He interviewed for head coaching jobs a couple times back when he was with. I believe it was when he was with the Seahawks. Like he interviewed, he, he didn't end up getting head coaching jobs, but. Um, you know, he was on that circuit of of guys that play or teams that were interested in getting. And so this is kind of like his mini tryout. It's like Raheem Morris in Atlanta. He he has a chance to kind of turn this thing around. If he can and, and I don't honestly, I've never seen Bevel not under a, a defensive head coach like Pete Carroll and Matt Patricia. For all we know, Bevel just wants to go balls to the wall on offense. He probably doesn't, but this is why I'm kind of interested to see how this all all plays out. Because he was under Pete Carroll, who is just like restrictor plates don't do anything that would cause a turnover ever and then under patricia i figure it's probably like kind of the same patricia very like defensive minded head coach so we'll see so it's friday right in people's ears hopefully if they're listening so the nfl show will be out at 9 a.m pacific with house and sharp we were doing the wednesday show with them and after the recording i was talking to sharp and he has the most amazing take about (laughs) offensive coordinators that sit up in the booth Play callers oh, yeah. that set up in the booth, he thinks, are are way more likely to like be better, and their offenses are better when you're in the booth because you're less likely to be influenced by your coach to like make their shitty calls. You know, this is the oh skybox shoddy. This is the Schottenheimer went up to the box this year. Yes, and he talked about yeah, Schottenheimer. He talked about oh, there was two other teams. I forget. You'll have to listen because he's going to talk about it. But um, it was just an unbelievable take that the booth I offensive like that. coordinators are better. You can just like put them on mute. <laughs> Like the head coach is like in your ear. Sorry, it's uh, we're having some communication issues. I'm going to call a pass here on first down. Yeah. Wow, I am blown away. That's brilliant. And I asked him, I was like, did you read that somewhere? And he's like, no, I don't know. I just kind of thought about it a couple weeks ago. And I was like, that's incredible. Dude, this is is honestly a big narrative in Seattle because Skybox Shotty is a thing. Schottenheimer was on the sideline. He was on the sideline last year. Oh, you know who it is? It's the Bills offensive coordinator. He does it too. Dayball? Yeah. Or who, who is the bill? Yeah, is it Bills? Yeah, I like that a lot. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, let's see if this he, pans he out. didn't. He didn't last year, and this year he did, and they're like a completely different offense. I'm going to start doing this podcast from a from a booth. I'm going to just. I'm going <laughs> to. We're all in booths. You guys, yeah, we are. Imagine like though, really. Imagine being in the booth versus on the sideline. Like you can only see a fraction of the action from the sideline. Well, Matt, you know, you know when you take a test and the teacher's walking up and down the aisle, you're just kind of nervous. Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> stop looking. Stop breathing down my neck. <laughs> That's amazing. I've always, I, I was thinking of that so much for golf this season of just like uh, obviously oh, yeah. all this, all the sports and like, oh, what's the impact of no fans? But I was thinking about golf. I was like, these guys grew up their whole lives playing golf without fans. Like for football players, they've always had fans. So they're used right. to it. And they're like, I miss the fans. Golf, it's like you go your whole life. You get so amazing at playing without fans. And then on the biggest platform ever, there's like 10,000 people watching you play. That must be nuts. And I was wondering, I, I, I kind of was wondering about that with Dustin Johnson at the Masters. That's why he so dropped, calm. you know, 20 under or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, someone who looks Masters. so calm on the outside, maybe in the inside is a little more nervous. I don't know. I hate getting paired up with two. If I get paired up with one guy, I don't know golfing i'm nervous on the tee ball oh, yeah. i can't imagine yeah. someone asks you to play through and you're like oh, oh no God. problem and I have one yeah. person oh, can you no. turn around while i fucking yes. <laughs> i've never the most relatable thing in golf is when someone plays through you and then they flub their tee shot and you're like oh I and there's nothing you can say because you want to be like hey man like i would have done the same thing but it doesn't help you know it doesn't help them it doesn't you just feel shame yeah, it's the worst speaking of shame uh my bold prediction <laughs> for this week uh, so all the numbers say that Kirk Cousins is going to be an amazing starting quarterback for play for the Jaguars this week. Or, sorry, against the Jaguars this week because the Jaguars offense is bad. Kirk Cousins has been playing out of his mind. I mean, he has uh, the, the second most passing touchdowns over the last month only to Aaron Rodgers. That's Kirk Cousins. And then the Jaguars pass defense is not that good. I mean, they're giving up. I think it's they're one of the five most uh, to wide receivers. I mean, it's just... Everything on paper basically suggests Kirk Cousins is a perfect plug. If you have Brady in your fantasy lineup, you can plug him in for Kirk Cousins or DFS, whatever. My bold take is I don't want Kirk Cousins. I want him outside the top 15. I don't think he's going to have a good game. And this is not really backed up by math. It's backed up by a lot more of he's going to be Kurt. It's going to be a Kurt week outside the top 15. It It's solely based on every time. hater. 
being a hate, hating it's ass me, hater. Yes, it's based it on me being a hater, being a non-believer, <laughs> based on the Vikings being like, oh, you think Dalvin's Cook's hurt? We're going to run the ball. This could totally just come back and bite me, but I just feel like Kirk Cousins, I just don't rely on him. I don't want to rely on him. And I feel like there's two other really good streaming options I, I would want more. I think there's Fitzpatrick going against the Bengals. I think there's Derek Carr going against the Jets. Obviously, Derek Carr was awful last week, but I'd rather have Carr against the Jets this week and I'd rather have Fitz over the Bengals. I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have Mitch Trubisky? No. No, I'm not you. That That is a level of... The fact that you were able to walk over the the hot coals of that take to just get it out, I don't think I could do that yet. You're on a higher dimension than me. I could have jumped off the coals at top 12, and then there was an extra 10 feet to go to top 10, and I was like, I'll keep walking. (laughs) That is, I can't (laughs) believe, I, no, I, no, I, 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 I'll take Kirk over Mitch. I I don't share your faith. I think it's hilarious, but I, I just, I, I'm too, I hate Mitchell Trubisky, uh, irrationally, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, bless his heart, but I I also deeply despise him. Honest. Deeply. <laughs> All right. Really deeply. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Million dollar lineup? Or no, we got a no. recap last week. Yeah, week's recap. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm fine with skipping this part if you guys <laughs> oh, yeah, want to. DK, that. zip through it. <laughs> yeah, zip through it. It's real zippy. All right, real two, two out of my three calls from last week almost got goose eggs. So I'm just going to well. go ahead and say sorry for that. Um, I called a Jordan Aikens game or I said he was going to have his best game all season he did not he had .4 points I will say in my defense he had two almost touchdowns that one one Deshaun Watson who's playing like the best quarterback on the planet right now just straight up missed him when he was wide open in the end zone it was like Baker Mayfield time Um, so that was tilting but I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take the L on that one. Uh, my uh, football is so call. tough, man. It's it's so different than like other sports like basketball. Like, if a basketball player has nine points, like they had a shitty game. But like Jordan Aikens literally could have had like two wide open red zone targets. But like Deshaun Watson overthrew him, and that's the difference between him scoring sixteen and zero. But like <laughs> yeah, they're right next tough. to each other. There's very just more evidence for that we really should do next year the 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 almost fantasy league where we just count targets. <laughs> I love that. We're targets. gonna have to hire an intern carries. because that's gonna be to a lot track of track it all. Yeah, just I know. targets, goal line carries, with defensive pass interference. That's how you get points. Okay, so with Aikens, his first almost touchdown was a was an incredible, very lucky play by the defender. He was trailing him. He did not look back to the ball. He just stuck his hand up, and the ball hit the guy's hand and glanced off. Well, that's off. not luck. That's that's a skill that you learn. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's well, unlikely to happen yeah, you again. you watch their eyes, the receiver's eyes. One of the reasons Randy Moss was such a good receiver okay. is he trained his eyes to not... <laughs> No, it's like if you're targeting, if you're tracking a ball in the air, you're taught to watch the ball, watch their eyes because they're tracking the ball. You know when the ball's coming. Randy Moss taught himself to not let his eyes widen so the DBs couldn't play him. So Jordan Aiken okay, should well, that, that's incredible. get mossed. But in this case, maybe luck is not the right word. Why don't you just wear a visor instead of have to trick your eyes? <laughs> Ooh, DK, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, so Aikens, that was that was a that was a tough one for me personally to see that happen. And then he ended up getting like one rush. He had a rush, which was weird. And sure. that was his only points. Um Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> I said 80 yards and a touchdown. He ended up with five catches for 54 yards. So um did not hit the benchmarks, but um at least it wasn't a, a goose egg like Darius Slayton was for my gut call or for my bold call. He had a goose egg, his first of the season. So I don't know what to tell you guys. No, Obviously, bad, it did not help he that Danny Dimes went down. No, I believe he had a bad drop deep. So I don't know. I did not see very, this, but no, someone he, he almost hit a long touchdown. Wasn't it overthrown slightly? 
It was in the gray uh, area. I it was like one of those hands. things where like uh, maybe the best receiver in the league catches it. No, as a Giants fan watching that game, I did not come away thinking it was a Danny Dimes problem. It was like, damn, Darius Slayton, first time I can remember being mad at him. It was like full arm extensions hit yeah. his fingertips. Yeah, but this is. Yeah. Let me ask you this because this is the litmus test, Danny. What did you think of that Evan Ingram drop? That famous Evan Ingram drop from early in the season was that a bad drop to you, or was that one? a bad throw? No, that was that was one of those where it, the throw. No, it was Evan Ingram. That was Evan Ingram. Really? Okay, so that so that makes me think. Wait, that if makes the me ball think hits that your thing. hands with the game on the line, catch the freaking ball. I think that that's not a high standard. That's how all receivers and people pass catches for li- catch passes for a living feel. Like you should catch the ball if it hits your hands and the game. Is, I always kind of feel win for or lose receivers. Depending how you feel, we'll like run some slant and Trubisky will like line the ball to the very tips of the guy's reach, and then like Collins will be like, "You got to catch that ball, Al." And hit like, you in the hands. That's pretty hard. You know, it, it, there's two levels to it. There's catching, and then there's you're supposed to be able to throw the ball in a place where they can keep running. Which Mitchell Trubisky, maybe someone should just tell him that, and he'll get better. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Mine, I, I did a little better. No offense. The Duke Johnson. Sorry. <laughs> no offense. I was super passive. Offense aggressive. taken, Danny. No, I'm glad someone did. Offense taken. Uh, Duke, I said Duke Johnson would be a top 20 running back. He finishes top 12. I said the Seahawks would be a top 12 defense. They were, in fact, the 12th defense. They would have been higher for, not for the freaking Hail Mary. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Which was ridiculous. And then I oh, also wait, can said. You, can you say this one nice and slow? I want to set this up for the, for the just a bit outside clip. Thank you. I said Alex Smith would be. <laughs> God damn you. I said Alex Smith would be the number one scoring quarterback at Thanksgiving. It's my bold call. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. He was in the top six <laughs> of the Thanksgiving. No, there was, He's in the top four. There was only there was only two, two games. games. One, one of them got moved. So there was four so quarterbacks. Of the four. <laughs> I think so that's not great. Um hmm. I probably learned don't, you know, don't just Hope that the karma universe will just, you know, magically make <laughs> Especially people Especially in better. a year like this, Heifetz. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, the real problem was I bet on hope in the year of 2020. Where have that you was been? a huge mistake. Yeah. yeah, you're right. All right, Craig, how'd you do? Uh, I did all right. So I said Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks would have 100 yards each. Technically wrong, spiritually correct. Will Fuller had 171 and Brandon Cooks had 85. So pretty close there. Yeah. I said that Robert Tunyon would be a top five tight end. He was the tight end too. I think you're taking PEDs. You're trying to lubricate your muscles or whatever, like Will Fuller. Oh, hydrate them? Yeah, you're trying to hydrate your muscles. <laughs> lubricate. <laughs> lubricate I think you need to lubricate your joints and hydrate your muscles. Hydrate you should just keep muscles. getting further and further from what Will Fuller was doing. And by or the maybe end, you're Will Fuller. Sick. You just learn to run better. You learn to run in a, a different way. That won't he can run hurt. good now. <laughs> he can run good now. My blood's working better. Uh, and then, well, my bold one was that Danny Dimes would be top seven quarterback. He was not. He got hurt. If maybe if Slayton catches that pass, he doesn't get hurt. Maybe he is, but I was wrong. Maybe if Slayton catches that fucking pass, we'd all be happy here, right? <laughs> Dude, we would all be happy if he'd have caught the pass. <laughs> Damn it, Terrence. We Slayton. sound like that high school athlete who's like, man, I would have been in the NFL. Coach hated me, though. <laughs> <laughs> fucking coach didn't play me late in the season, man. Yeah, I was going to get recruited, but didn't play. Are you like making something up or are you just recounting a memory you have of yourself in high school? <laughs> that sounds specific. There's always kids like that. From, no, they're you're scratching your are. neck like an actual person who's like, Oh no, honestly, there's probably like a handful. And then they get their dad trying to like lobby the coach to like give him playing time. Because my high school had like a few kids who would go D1 and it was like, but there was like always 15 who'd be like, I could have, but like fucking coach Nichols hated me. It's like, I could have yeah. been right about Alex Smith <laughs> on Thanksgiving if like, you know, he just outscored the other three people who played, you know? So I don't know what happened. All right. Million dollar lineup time. Every Friday, we're making a FanDuel DFS lineup. We're playing for a million dollars, trying to move in a million dollars a week. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. Did we win a million dollars last week? No, because we made a lineup on this podcast that included the Steelers-Ravens game. So silly us, we thought the game would be played as scheduled, mm. and then we did, didn't. I didn't tough, feel like bothering tough. any of you on Thanksgiving Day to be like, hey, guys, you want to like change the lineup? Maybe I should. No, you should I didn't have know called if me. we were there yet. I was like, do I bother them on Thanksgiving Day? Like That just seems like such a sacred thing. And I was like, do you want to hear from me, really? It's a million dollars, Heifetz. Come on. <laughs> like, of course you're right. Sorry. Can I say that uh, last year in the Ringer Fantasy Football League, Danny Heifetz and I <laughs> were co-managers of one team. There was many a morning on like Sunday at 8, no, I guess 9.48 Pacific, right? 
I'm like on the toilet waking up on a Sunday. <laughs> Ivan's just calling me. He's like, what do, what do you want to do at Flex? And I'm like, I, I thought we said it. And he's like, I know, but like, Sterling Shepard's got a pretty good match. I think we go for it. I'm like, oh whatever, man. <laughs> if I had texted you guys like, hey, we got to update the DFS lineup because the game got canceled. And I texted you that at like Thanksgiving. How would you guys have reacted? I would have said, do whatever you want. Yeah, me too. I'd have been like, I trust you. <laughs> so we didn't enter a thing this week. Right? We did. We just didn't have the lineup set for the Ravens and Steelers. We I was did. like, I would have said, yeah, I trust you. Go ahead. So, yeah. Okay. So, Go with your gut. All right. This week, Craig, you want to run us through the lineup we got for this week? Uh, yes, I do. All righty. Starting off at QB, we're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hopefully he plays. Uh, we don't have another last week situation, <laughs> but they're going up against the Bengals who are just decimated and have no point of living. So we love Fitz. Wow. And honestly, Devon A. Parker, if you wanted to pair him along, not a bad choice. We're going with Austin Eckler, who is playing New England. Great week last week. We'd like him to continue that. Alvin Kamara is our second running back. We're a little contrarian here with Kamara. Mm. No one's going to play mm. him. He's had two terrible weeks. You know what? He's like the second best running back in the league. So if you can get him for cheap and for low ownership, why not? Next for our three receivers are going Devontae Adams because how can you not? Denzel Mims, Danny Heifetz finally gave in. I, and we're I, I did. <laughs> uh, and then our third guy, we're going with, on the train. <laughs> our third wide receiver, we're going with me and DK's boy, Alan Robinson. Yeah. With old Mitch Biscuits. Uh, contract month. Contract, well, contract month commences month so this week. <laughs> uh, we're going with Hawkinson as our tight end for all the reasons we talked about in that Bears-Lions game. We're going with Heifetz's boy, Jarvis, as our flex. Mm. This is going to be the one that screws us. I already know. Oh, for sure. And then our defense, we're <laughs> going Green Bay against Philly, who looks like just the safest bet in the league. They look like the team them. that the Eagles fans deserve. Right. Oh, wow. You're going to get some... You're going to get some pointed commentary about that. Yeah, RingerFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Email me, Eagles fans. <laughs> yeah, you, really. Email us everything. I want more fun facts. I want I want a ton yeah, of stuff we, coming Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Somebody tweeted us a fun fact about a deck of cards. Did you guys see that? I had to Google. I had to fact check it. I didn't have time to fact check it because it was so outrageous of a fact that I was like, let's push this to next week because it blew okay. my mind. All right, we'll wait on that. I have to, well, the, the, the facts have to be fact checked. Let's be real here. Otherwise, they're factoids, which are things that sound like facts, which are not. Is that right? Yeah, factoid is not like a little fact. It's like a fact that you don't really know if it's true. It just sounds true. That's crazy. I didn't know that. And I, I didn't think it was a little fact. Like, I did, you know was... a hun- did you know 100,000 Titanics could fit inside Mars? I, no. I don't know if that's true. I just made it up. But the point is, it sounds true and you can't dispute it. <laughs> and that's what a factoid is. I feel like they shouldn't give, like, whatever you're, like, that phenomenon, they shouldn't put the word fact in that word as well. I feel like that's kind of tricky. Well, this is what you said factoid. yesterday. We need to respell words. We also just need to make, you know how, like, the Germans have all these words for, like, in-depth emotions and, like, English just doesn't? Shot in like, Friday. We need a lot. So we got, a, we got an email about that. Teddy Roosevelt tried to do what I said in the early 1900s. He tried to change words to make them easier to spell, and basically nobody wanted him to, and he did get a few <laughs> into it, though. There was, a, there was a couple British words that got changed. That's why we spelled draft, D-R-A-F-T, instead of D-R-O-U-G-H-T. There were a few mm. words that actually huh. got changed. That's so this was the culture wars of the Teddy Roosevelt era? It's a simpler time. You're just cancel culture. You're trying to cancel words. <laughs> Can you imagine if Trump was like his big thing when he was president was like, we need to change words. Well, this is like, look, I think this reveals something about human nature because it shows that even when there is something that is just objectively a better system, we don't want it. Like the metric system, which they try oh to introduce God. in the 80s or whatever. And they're like, uh, something based in decimals of 10. Like, no, let's just stick with the freaking foot yard thing. That's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy system, but we we were like I'm never doing that. You're trying to take my freedom, please. People <laughs> says want, a lot. People want flawed familiarity over change that is better. Now that we're kind of in this political era, let's get to fantasy. Court. Fantasy court, okay. All right. It's a fantasy court case from Billy. Oh, wise fantasy court. Good call, flattering us. <laughs> Billy. Uh, I have Billy. I have a case that I must bring to your attention. The situation is thusly. Thusly. <laughs> I like to use the word thusly. <laughs> it was week 12. All right, power through this, though. Billy wrote a novel. The final week before <laughs> the playoffs began in our league. Week 12 pitted Team B versus Team C. And throughout the week, it became clear that the Team C manager was going to throw the game and start no players in order to get Team B into the playoffs Instead of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a classic yeah. end of season move. By this happens. really is. Because yeah. Team B's roster is awful. Has the third fewest points scored. I don't know how he got that far, but it's irrelevant. 
To avoid this tanking, our commissioner announced that he would be giving out a cash prize to the team with the most regular season points, something that Team C was in a strong position to win if he fielded <laughs> any old roster. So the Team C manager fielded a roster, won the game, the most points prize, and Team C governor said, okay, he's using the word governor in this email. I don't know why he's calling them governors. They're men. I, I think he's cool. just trying to appeal to like the... The you know. fantasy court of it all? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, the Team C manager is saying it was crooked of our commissioner to offer this cash prize. <laughs> Saying that it was well within his rights to just throw the game to get Team B into the Team B into the playoffs instead of me and my team. It's worth noting the commissioner did not disagree here. So who is in the right? Is it wrong of our commissioner to offer the cash prize to disincentivize tanking so late in the season? And then how can Team C complain about the system but still take the money for the point scored? I'll be honest here. The specifics of this case of like the, the person took the money and the thing. The, I'm not so interested in that. I think that the idea of should a team be allowed to just throw a game in the last week of the season to get a worse team in the playoffs? Listen, absolutely. What are we doing here? <laughs> Hell yeah. What? This happens This happens in real sports. Teams like jockey to like play different teams in the playoffs. You want to get an easier matchup. Dude, like... Greg Popovich used to just like sit Kawhi Leonard and Tim Duncan for random games when he just like wanted them to rest and everybody would be mad. This is Machiavellian, but it should be legal because you're, it's a strategic play. You're not doing anything illegal. You're just sitting your players. Theoretically, Wait, so any team. Was Team C was trying to get team, whatever, whatever the so bad team into the playoffs because he wanted to play that team in the playoffs? Yes. He wanted the worst okay. team, the team that's totally terrible fine to, me. to make it in the playoffs so that he could play the team in the playoffs. So he resorted to benching his entire team. I think it's lame the commissioner like made some last second rule so there was no uh tanking. If there is no rule then I think yeah then in this case it is sort of like a, a point goes to the Machiavellian like strategy here. I will say in my leagues in a lot of my leagues at least we have rules that you have to like at least start a somewhat optimized lineup. And that's the rule. And and if you're not doing that rule then the commission changes its lineup. So here's the thing though and this is where it's Machiavellian. It's not the, the issue that always comes up here is, is it good faith or bad faith? Good faith is, are you competing? Like, are you trying to win? And I would argue, yes, because the point isn't to just win one week. You're trying to win the championship. And if the person's like, this is my best chance to win the championship, then they've decided that is the optimized lineup. Because they found a saying, legal strategy. Yeah. And if they're saying, well, there's no rule <laughs> against it. Your job isn't to manage my team. My job is to manage my team. I think this best improves my chances of winning a championship. And in this specific instance, it means that if I lose this week, my odds will get better. And then I think that if that's the driving motivation, yeah, sure. Screw it. I mean, think about it in real football, man. Like if a team is like 15 and one, they're locked into their spot and week 17 comes around and they bench all their players. Are they competing in that game as they at their full capacity? No, but they want to keep their players healthy because they want to win the Super Bowl. It's it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I think you can bench. And also, here's the thing. Someone could complain, well, it's cheating because he's like doing it to not let me in. Yeah, you know what? You don't leave it up to the refs and you don't leave the game up to the last week of the season. That's why you clinch a <laughs> playoff spot before you put yourself in this situation. Play fantasy defense. I don't care how many points scored you have. I want to be in a league with a commissioner that just randomly starts awarding cash prizes for shit. Like, is he paying <laughs> for this out of his po own pocket or what? We do highest score against money in our league. Yeah, but that's coming out of the pot. Like, this was this yeah. commissioner's just like funding you a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of his slush fund. Yeah, yeah, it's the discretionary fund. That well, did he have all of the other players in the league like agree to like? pitch in 10 more bucks for the highest score even though some guys in last that's yeah, the court BS. should have requested more documentation here oh, yeah probably. we didn't go through uh, proper yeah. discovery here <laughs> yeah we didn't go through the discovery period okay. we gotta go through the e like emails and stuff yeah but the, to be clear the ruling is is it unanimous ruling that teams can tank to get a worse team in the playoffs or Deke are you just are you the dissent no is I'm yes a, I'm saying if 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 it is in fact for his benefit in terms of the competitiveness, yes. If it's just he doesn't like one guy and he wants one guy in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm kind of down with that too. I'm kind of down with that too. If you no, do it that's to like fuck with your friend and you're like, no, I don't want my friend to make the playoffs. I think that's hilarious. That's collusion in my mind. But it's in this not case, collusion because you're not colluding with anyone else. You're just bank you're just yeah, collusion. tanking your own team. You're just you're fucking like, someone over. <laughs> like, so the works. position that's of the court is like it's cool to just fuck over someone that you don't like in the league. Well, okay. it's what did Scalia say? He said that I wish I had a stamp that said stupid but constitutional. I would say that <laughs> this is like a situation where it's a stamp that's petty 
but constitutional. Like, it, you know, it's pretty low as a human being thing, but like, I don't have a problem with it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think in this case, though, since it's like he wanted to, he wanted to compete in the playoffs, I get it. We're going to allow that. I'm standing by it's collusion otherwise, because otherwise it's like, how do you know this other guy's not like, hey, dude, I'll get you, I'll, I'll pitch you 50 bucks or whatever if you. Yeah. No, it's a great hard. question by Billy. Thank yeah, you for Good question, in. Billy. Uh, I also like the flattery at the top. All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Band of Horses. Oh, my God. Wow. What is, I don't even know what that Pulled is. that one out of my ass. <laughs> you went yeah. from Beyonce to the Band of I'm Horses. I'm not even sure if they're still a band, but. Unbelievable. Well, look them up. <laughs> well, thank you, Horses. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.